This week on Geek Explained, to celebrate the premiere of Ahsoka, I'm joined by good brother Jesse Pickering as we discuss the best episodes of Star Wars Rebels. Welcome back to Geek Explained. I'm your host, Eric Azana, and today's episode is all about Star Wars. You can... Ooh, I'm getting lightheaded. Uh, <laughs> uh, this week's episode, we're chatting with good brother Jesse Pickering, longtime friend of the show, and he is coming back to the podcast to talk about what else? Star Wars! Anytime we're talking Star Wars, you know Jesse's got to come on the show, and we are celebrating the release of Ahsoka, the latest in a long line of Disney Plus series, specifically tailored to the world and universe of Star Wars. And to that point, since Ahsoka is kind of being set up as like a sequel series to Rebels, which again, why didn't we just make Ahsoka an animated series if we're just going to be a sequel series to Rebels, but I digress. We are going to chat about the best of the best when it comes to Star Wars Rebels. He's brought a couple episodes to talk about, I've brought a couple episodes to talk about, and we are going to discuss them in this week's main segment. We also have, of course, this week's Comics Countdown, where I'll chat you up about all the comics you should be picking up this week, as well as the latest weekly review on the newest episode of My Adventures with Superman. Uh, This week has been very interesting. As you are listening to this, we will have uh, here in LA been dealt a hurricane slash tropical storm. It is... uh, it's a little, it's a little stressful. There's a lot going on right now. LA is not really equipped to deal with hurricanes. So you can imagine this past week has been craziness at supermarkets. I actually just got back from a, from a local market that was just bananas crazy. I went there to pick up some paper towels and people were shoving each other and pulling things off shelves. It was a madhouse. So hopefully by the time that you listen to this, all will be well. (laughs) And we will have put this business of hurricanes and monsoons and thunderstorms and flooding behind us. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode, the main event, the main course, if you will, as I am joined by Jesse Pickering to discuss the best episodes of Star Wars Rebels. time ago in a galaxy far far away (laughs) 
We are here talking about Star Wars, 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 because this week, as of this recording, we are going to see the premiere of Ahsoka on Disney+, Plus, bringing the famous character from Clone Wars and Rebels to live action in her very own series. And this has kind of been more or less marketed as hey y'all remember rebels well this is more of that and i just have to say because i say it every time why didn't we animate this but that being said i'm very excited about this show very excited to see what they've come up with you know whenever ahsoka is involved that dane filoni is cooking with gas and i'm really stoked this is also going to be a big deal because this is going to be I don't know if it's the last, but one of the last uh, performances that Ray Stevenson ever did. And it's, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see what the show has in store. But I figured since this is essentially a Rebel sequel series, it's time to look back on that series that started it all with the spark of, rebe- spark of rebellion and grew into maybe my favorite star wars animated thing it's difficult to parse but i did not want to do this alone every every greatest pilot in the galaxy must have a co-pilot and so i am joined by my co-pilot returning guest friend of the pod and good brother jesse pickering jesse welcome back if it's not the best series, it at least has my favorite characters of all of Star Wars. It's so true. They're so good. <laughs> like, I don't know how anybody can hate on Rebels. If you hate on Rebels, I I do not. We are I, not on the same team, at least I mean, in this. Like, if, if you respect. do, if you do fight them on the moon, I will join you on this one. I will fight them all <laughs> on the moon. And it's going to be a I am specifically bringing my blade wing out to fight them on the moon. And oh, I will, okay i i love this show and i know you love this show so i wanted to have you come on um for listeners who may not be well acquainted it's been a minute since you've been on the show it's been a hot second do you want to give a little breakdown on you and your your bona fides when it comes to star wars (laughs) uh i uh i i i'm a huge well obviously i'm a huge fan of star wars uh i've I've been watching it since I was young, uh, since this is like a very comic book heavy podcast. uh, Some of the first comic books I got into were, in fact, Star Wars comics. Uh, And so uh, I've been doing this since I was young and like I've just been a fan ever since. Uh, Even teachers joked around about like me and my friends having lightsaber battles on the weekends uh of of our like weekend activities (laughs) so like and uh yeah i've just like embraced it and just full-on love star wars uh one of our one of eric and i's like biggest memories when we were first becoming friends was about like cosplay yes he was and he was captain america and i was a jedi so yeah So it's all it all goes back to Star Wars and it's just uh, it's so fantastic and continues to be fantastic. It's so true. And Jesse and I have been friends for a very long time. I think that 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 memory is probably the first photo we ever took together. We met in college. We performed on stage together. Um, 
we voice acted together. It's just amazing things. We play D&D together we, almost every Thursday. So it's, you know, it's a wonderful thing to have a friendship last as long as ours has and to have a mutual love for certain things. Because I know, I know that I have friends who do not like Rebels. And I'm just going to say this episode is not for you. And please do take it personally. Please take it personally. <laughs> take it very personally. <laughs> but yeah, I, I want to talk about this because you were the person who got me invested in Rebels because we had talked about it and I wasn't watching it at the time. And I think it was right before season four started. You had been gushing, heaping praise. And finally <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, I've, I don't have anything to watch right now. So I'm going to start watching it. And I blew through three seasons in like two weeks. And I'm like, this is the greatest Star Wars thing. Like, how, why haven't you told me this? And it was, it was just beautiful. So you were automatically the first person that I had to bring on to talk about this. It's it's so funny because like I brought you on into like more expanded Star Wars stuff yes. and you're you like throughout the years have been helping me with cop like you go to me for like Star Wars stuff and I always come to you for cop like for like superhero comic book stuff. It's I'm it's like, an equivalent exchange that we've got going here. <laughs> symbiotic relationship. We've we've got this going. <laughs> But yeah, so we're talking about the best Rebels episodes. Jesse's brought a grouping. I have brought a grouping. And we're just going to talk about them. Um, quick spoiler warning. We're going to be talking spoilers. It just has to happen. Uh, and if you go into Ahsoka, watching Ahsoka, you're probably going to want to watch Rebels. Because they're going to be referencing a lot of stuff, including full-on characters. Um, a, a few of my best episodes involve ahsoka <laughs> they're so good and she's so good i remember this was a big deal when she popped up in that show because of how beloved she had become over the course of corn wars and we're going to talk about those episodes by episodes but short short thing spoilers it's just spoilers so be aware it's going to happen but jesse since you are the guest here I am going to turn it over to you. We're just going to hopscotch back and forth talking about episodes. Jesse, what's the first episode on your list? Uh, so I believe, oh no. Okay. That's the, that's the second episode. Uh, the first episode I have is season one, episode 10 path of the Jedi. Oh, nice. Um, I like, gosh now that i've like blazed through them i'm trying to remember which one's which uh i i really for me a lot of my episodes have to do with like just like exploring the force and the jedi in a different way that we haven't seen in mm. in in like the movies um and like other media and so Path of the Jedi was like one of those steps of like discovering a Jedi temple, going through those trials. Yeah. And and, and like Kanan and Kanan being okay with like being the teacher for for uh Ezra and Ezra like like I don't know, is like their relationship being more solidified as like not just as like like with each other as their family, because Kanan is just he's just like he's the first good space dad yeah he might be 
He, like, he, I, he might, like, he might be like the best too. He, he's like he's he's like the best Jedi space dad, whereas yeah, Din Djarin is the best Mandalorian space dad. Totally, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember this episode being kind of a. Uh, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong. This was. Did Clone Wars already have at this point the episode where the the little Padawans got brought to the ice planet? It it reminded me a lot of that because uh, that's what but, it reminds me of, right? But, but Re- Rebels took uh took place after after Clone Wars, so right. like so all those episodes ha- exist. So yeah, it was just like very similar to that, and it was cool that like he they were going through it in their own unique way. Yeah, and their their own the little way. Yeah, and like that's. I, we've we've both played the the Jedi games. Uh, Jedi Survivor has like multiple like uh, trials like this in those Jedi temples, and immediately when the first one popped up, I was like, "Man, they're aping off Rebels. What are they doing here?" <laughs> I I love it. I absolutely love it. Having, and having having a Lasat and everything. <laughs> oof, oof. Yeah, I I really do dig this episode. It's a it's a wonderful growth episode for the two of them because they it's weird because Kanan is 100% the Jedi master for Ezra, but Kanan never really got the status of Jedi Knight officially. And so it's, you know, the, the two of them palling around is kind of like picturing, you know, like, 24 year old batman palling around with like 12 year old robin it's like the slightly bigger child trying to teach (laughs) like the smaller child and their relationship is one of the best parts about the show it's so cool yeah and and like uh i kanan is my favorite character like of all all of star wars kanan is my favorite uh just because like i i even have like the one blaster that i do have is uh-huh. like the same type that kane does of course you do uh and like because like i relate to him he's like the most relatable jedi he's just a uh, guy he, he's, he's just, just a little a guy. guy he's just a little guy trying his best of like i don't kid i'm learning as just as much as you are and like <laughs> uh i i'm not the expert on this but i'm gonna certainly try to teach you my best and like that's such a like yeah man not not all these jedi masters know everything and it's like great to see that that struggle yeah and also i mean th- this is where um this is where yoda comes into the series i believe yeah and he's actually voiced by frank oz which is really cool oh it's so good to hear it's great it's great. It's there's something you know. There is a certain art to sound alikes, but having the real thing just there is just, there's there's no substitute. Uh, but between between that and having James Earl Jones later on in the series, Oof. it's just like yes, please. we'll get to him. <laughs> yes, we will. Yeah, I great pick, great pick. My first episode is I think a good parallel to watch with this because it's very it's a very different episode uh this is wings of the master this is season two episode seven and this is in all intents and purposes fast and the furious star wars drift 
this of episode stars like that. This episode <laughs> stars Hera Syndulla, the best pilot in the galaxy. Agreed. And she, I mean, the episode is so cool because it it starts off like. They're trying to do a supply run, but they can't make it through the blockade. They don't have a ship to get through. And so Kanan volunteers Hera to go to this far off planet. That's a complete. We love a good volunteering. Right? <laughs> Just a, a long, long far off planet that's essentially a death trap. Any ship that tries to go there crashes. And they go there and they meet this little guy. They meet just this little guy named Corey. And he's like, I've built the best car i mean the best fighter plane ever and it's a totally unique design i love the design of the blade wing it's really freaking cool and then again and, it's and, and, and for those of you who don't know what the b in b wing stands for that's what it stands as the b wing as the blade wing um <laughs> and hair is like okay we can use this and he and it's one of those like very uh very tokyo drift where it's like no you gotta prove to me that you can fly this and <laughs> it's it's so anime and again like you get to see Hera tested out and it's building up to this big run very fast and furious style where it's like okay the heist has you know moved up we've got to go we're making the second run to this planet they're running out of supplies we're just gonna have to deal with the blockade sorry and Hera's like nope and she whips <laughs> through there and if you needed any any proof that Hera is the greatest pilot in the galaxy, this episode will do that for you. Because she takes this completely experimental aircraft that had A, never been made, or B, never been flown before, flies it directly into space combat, and rips that blockade to shreds. It is so cool. One of so many examples of why Hera is the best pilot in the galaxy. She's the best character. Like she, I, she is the oh she okay like between Kanan and Din there is some conflict of who is the best space dad yeah but Hera best space is mom the best space mom there, there is there is no, no comparison for anybody oh like I God. I feel like they specifically cast Mary Elizabeth Winstead as like a Eric this one's for you this one's specifically <laughs> for you. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, your crush oh from gosh. forever from Sky see... High. Here you go. You get, we to... get to see Hera live action. This yeah. is like the best in thing ever. Like this is the coolest thing. And oh. having like the best character in Star Wars being portrayed by Ramona Flowers. Like this is again, this was a casting decision made specifically for me. And I am so <laughs> yeah, excited. They, they, about they, it. they had it at the table and they were just like Ugh. But who would Eric cast? But who would who would, <laughs> who would Eric want to see in this? And one one guy who only shows up every third meeting, never says a word at the far end of the table. What is a diligent a diligent listener to the Geek Explain podcast? <laughs> it's very quiet, and when that question hushes the room, he goes, "Actually, I have an idea." And here we are. I I love this episode. I I really do. The, you know, comparisons to um, to the Mandalorian, Quarry is very much an I have spoken kind of guy, and I it's 
it's just a great it, it's an episode that i always come back to which is funny because a lot of star wars stuff is always jedis jedis laser swords and this one does not focus on that at all it though not a lot of people are a fan of the jedi jedi laser sword i am from what you could tell from the very first episode i mentioned <laughs> I am very much a very fan much. of the Jedi Jedi laser sword. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, it is very good to have these episodes have that balance between like, like, yeah, this is what the Jedi are doing, but also this is rebels. So let's yeah. like actually showcase like these other groups of the rebellion. Yeah. Like, it, like the Jedi couldn't do anything without like these other, like very wonderful characters and in like rebels has such great like supporting cast yes 100 like so many good good side characters of just like i i love all these people that aren't the main cast and they're oh so good yeah i love this show I, so good so that that's my first pick uh jesse what is your second pick my second pick is actually the season finale of eps of season one i knew uh, it i knew it i <laughs> I am excited. I'm excited because this is a great episode. Uh, it's called Fire Across the Galaxy. And uh, it's just like, uh, for me, this was a big showcase of Kanan's ability as as a Jedi. Yeah. And like, seeking, uh, uh, Ezra gets his like super cool lightsaber blaster, Amazing. which is like one of the coolest concepts that they've came up with in this series yeah. that gets like later on thrown away for absolutely no good reason. Yeah, um, I, I don't understand that. And and, Never Kanan, have. and and in this episode, Kanan shows off what you could do with a lightsaber like that. And it's so good. Oh, like, uh, it, it's just like, uh, this episode was just it like had so much hype there were so many good things with like the the fight and everything and leading up to it and then the big reveal at the end speaking of ahsoka uh like, there she is yeah like that, that agent we've been talking to the whole time yeah like... yeah the fulcrum ends up being ahsoka this entire time and like i uh, like me i'm the intended audience so i never see anything coming <laughs> uh so like when when ahsoka is revealed to be fulcrum i lost like i lost my mind uh, that was one of the coolest like this show has a lot of cool reveals yeah and like that was like one of the coolest reveals was of like ahsoka being fulcrum yeah 100%. And then we, you know, you mentioned uh you mentioned Kane and he gets this great duel with the Grand Inquisitor. And what a what an ending for that character who's he, just like, lets himself drop. Okay, yeah, it's like it sucks that he gets he gets like downed in the first season. Yeah. But he does have like a really cool exit line. Yes. Uh, there are worse like, things than death yeah like, yeah worst things to fear than death and then drops into a fiery ball of death oh man and it makes sense too for him because like the end of this the end of the first season takes them out into the wider story and so him being a very localized big bad makes sense for okay we got to set him aside because there are bigger threats coming and boy are there but Speaking, uh, yeah it's it's a great yeah right away <laughs> right away too like it's yeah it's you could not ask for a better finale to season one it's that's a great pick really yeah. really dig that 
Uh, for me, I, I have to go with actually the start of it's the very next episodes, the siege of Lothal episodes one and two of season two, uh, in the previous episode, the end of season one, it was enter Ahsoka Tano. She's here. She's part of the team now. And at the beginning of season two, right off the bat, enter Darth Vader, who just <laughs> rocks up like no preamble. And th that's <laughs> the greatest thing about all of this, like extended media for Star Wars is how Vader can just rock up to any scene unprompted and unprovoked. Like his his appearance in the Jedi games, I remember very distinctly playing Jedi Fallen Order in the Inquisitorious, fighting against Trilla, and I'm like, okay, I've beat Trilla. That was the last boss. This is great. And all of a sudden, brrr, the lightsaber, and Vader's just there. He yeah, I'm whole... like, is um, I was like, is this is this when Calcasus dies? Is yeah, because there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. And it's like you get this incredible moment where he just and literally when he shows up somewhere, it's just again, there's no um there's no like musical cue, there's no build up to it. He's just there. He's like Jason Voorhees, and he just appears, and you are dead. And the threat of him is set up immediately. And I feel, I feel like that's something they've done really well. Uh, like since Rebels, they've yeah. done a really good job of just showing like how crappy a situation it's become when Vader enters the picture. Yes. <laughs> like it's it. I mean, people people call it overrated now, but I still like it. The hallway scene from Rogue One is still one of those like. We're like, just putzing around. We're the rebellion, and then all of the lights shut off, and you hear a, and you're like, "Okay, we're all dead." Well, they're, they're dead. dead. How, how on earth are they going to get the plans? Because they're dead. They're they're all dead. They're dead. <laughs> and like that was the feeling when you know they're getting ready to escape, and Kanan and Ezra are like, "Wait a second. and they turn around. The friggin' door opens, and he just steps out, and I'm like, "They're dead." <laughs> They're dead. They, were they only just gonna last a season and two episodes? And it's gonna be a Hera show from now on, which wouldn't be the worst thing. But also, that, like that, that wouldn't be the worst thing. But also, that like, would be a very sad thing. It would be. I was like, Vader's about to kill a child again, <laughs> and I I was not prepared for that. But it, again, it sets up the threat of him so well, and he becomes a he becomes a pretty permanent fixture for the rest of the show. We get that great moment where they're and flying it, away in Ahsoka mind links for a moment. Oh my gosh! And like in part two, when like the they they topple two walkers on him. Yes, and, and they're like, okay, cool, and then we got like, him. The, another. Wait a sec. And then he just like he's just lifting of just like you guys are dead and we're like we're dead we need yeah. to leave. It's it's whenever like I don't know if you you know growing up ever like played with older kids or like had older cousins or whatever but like it's that moment of when you like hit the older kid for a second and then they turn to you because they now register you as a threat and it's like oh we're dead 
Like, my life has ended. That's have, all for me. I have royally screwed up. Got it. 10-4. Um, <laughs> do, I do I try to run? I'm going to try to run. Like, how, <laughs> how far am I going to make it? Like, it, but, and it sets up the, the perfect, like, collision course for Ahsoka and Vader. Like, at some yeah. point, they are with going that, to with cross that, paths, with that and it's going to be crazy. Just, like, overwhelming Ahsoka. Yeah. Oh, and another example of Hera being the best pilot the in best, the galaxy. The because, best pilot in the galaxy! Because she, she outsmarted Vader. Who yep. is who a lot of people claim to be the best pilot in the galaxy. So just saying. Yeah, I don't know what saying. to tell you, fam. It's uh, outsmarted out, him. So there is clerical proof. That's the best thing about Hera. We'll we'll get into it in another episode. She goes up against all of the big bads at one point or another. And usually <laughs> she wins. Usually. Usually. Like, usually. But like that's still a good winning average. Like one hundred percent. Yeah. She she is she has proven time and time again she is the best pilot. There yep. is no question. So, Jesse, what is your your next pick? Oh, my next pick is uh season two episode eighteen, the Shroud of Darkness. Oh, I almost had this on my list. <laughs> Well, that that's so funny that you mentioned the siege of Lothal because that was one of my honorable mentions. Hey, because nice. I wa I wanted to talk about the, like the whole all the Vader stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. He's terrifying. Uh, gosh, I just like watched all of these episodes this morning, and I can't. <laughs> I'm like, okay, which one's the Shroud of Darkness? Because uh, <laughs> I I don't know them by names. I'm like, oh, that episode, cool, right? Uh. <laughs> uh oh that one um so because it's me it's another journey through uh inside a jedi temple hey. uh, <laughs> and uh you were and like you were mentioning before that uh oh wait yeah it was this one um you were mentioning before that kanan was never knighted as a jedi yeah and this is the episode where he does. This is where it happens. By by the Grand Inquisitor as what, a force What ghost. a turn. What a turn. Another cool reveal of like, oh my gosh, he did he used to be a temple guard for the for the Jedi Order? So like cool. and turned into an Inquisitor? Like that's such a wild turn and so cool. It like gives depth to the Grand Inquisitor even after he's gone. And Inquisitors were really given like their their pathos in this show like you this was kind of one of those first times where you're like wait are all the inquisitors former jedi or former force sensitive people like it's when you get into the nitty-gritty of it it gets real sad gang it's oh my yeah. gosh rebels is full of sad boy like so, sad times so much <laughs> it's it is crazy yeah that that's a great pick and again like you said like this is as as much as um uh, Path of the Jedi was a coming-of-age moment for Ezra. This is really the coming-of-age moment for Kanan. Yeah, and and also, like, there's a moment for Ahsoka, too. Yes. And, and so, yeah, another episode for Ahsoka, because Ahsoka show coming out. 
but like and this was so cool of like her kind of like delving into her past a little bit with that holocron yeah. of like of anakin back when he was anakin oh, so cool and 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 i know that like the animation style the redesigns not everybody is a fan of i kind of dig the original design for uh for anakin in this show like the mm-hmm. Jedi robes not being like technically Jedi robes, it's a it's an artist's interpretation. I like well, that look a it, lot. Well, it's like it's like is that like a special instructor's robe? Maybe it could yeah, be because because it feels like that was specifically recorded to to like teach those younglings and future younglings yeah. in that in that saber style. Fortunately, there would be no future younglings thanks to the person teaching the video. But <laughs> I, <laughs> but I, and that's something. Thanks, that's, Vader. Thanks, Vader. Uh, (laughs) But that's, I mean, that's something that's really cool about Star Wars. Like, absolutely, that could be later on retconned into, yeah, this was a, this was training garb. Oh my gosh, there's Star Wars, if, if anything about its canon, it is a hot mess. It truly is, is. But it is a beautiful hot mess, and I'm here for this hot mess, and and just like i i don't like that's that's a change i don't mind and even in even the the temple guard have like a completely different look yes and that's i think for me the first time i saw yellow lightsabers as well for those the temple staves Mm -hmm. crazy good stuff yeah you probably you probably only saw them in in clone wars when um when ahsoka was on trial yeah because that because i watched I am a bad Star Wars fan, and I watched Rebels before I watched Clone Wars. So, <laughs> so yes, this was the first time that I saw yellow lightsabers. Okay. Not the okay. first time that they were shown. But but yeah, but like it like it's funny that like both those episodes tie to Ahsoka as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and like because like that was the trial that ultimately led to Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Order. Yeah, and, and there's even a moment in this episode where like Ahsoka's like, no, it's got, it's got to be you two to lift up the the temple because I'm, I'm not, not a Jedi. I'm not a Jedi. Yeah. So and that's really like her arc across that season is so good, like reconciling oh with all that. Gosh. It's oh, and that's Coming kind of grips. for me. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of like, what more story is there to tell with her because she had the story that she needed in that season but i'm really excited to find out what they come they're, up with they're, they're they're continuing to prove that like oh yeah ah- ahsoka has so much more to offer and i am here for it and i want to listen to every single word that has to be said about it yep <laughs> right there with you so my next pick comes from season three this is season three episode six entitled the last battle this was for oh. fans of the Clone Wars, specifically made for you. Yes, um, absolutely. This episode gives us the very last battle of the Clone War, which I kind of love. Uh, it's, Rex it's, and his it's pretty great. It's war games, <laughs> is what it is. Yes, we it have is. we have Rex versus Kalani, two warring sides that like had no idea that the other even existed until this episode. Um, getting like kind of the chess match between the two of them, uh, eventually having to come together to defend against the Empire. This episode for me really is about the ballad of B one two six eight. The the one B one droid who's just like I am the greatest soldier of the Clone Wars, and <laughs> unfortunate demise at the foot of an at at. 
<laughs> I, I, I really dig this episode. And even though I hadn't watched all of Clone Wars at the point that I first watched this episode, you get it. Like, you get yeah. that this is kind of an ode, a tribute to the Clone Wars and getting that kind of closure. And having the back half of this episode basically just be tower defense against this <laughs> battalion of uh, of Imperial soldiers, it's so cool. And watching clones team with droids. And it, I mean, and it, come on. It, yeah, and it's like, it's funny seeing those forces, like, ultimately work together for it. Yeah. and And, like, it's like if there's a droid like that general that has no idea that the clone wars ever ended like i want more stories like this like that that's so that's so like i'm just like oh like they didn't send the signal to everybody like what, what is going on with yeah. other droids like that and always between rebels but uh, ultimately clone wars and then also this episode if you haven't been a fan of B1 battle droids before that, I feel this... like these shows are yeah. a real good way of being like, you didn't care about these droids before, but we're going to force you to love these droids. <laughs> it's it's Sammy's favorite part of that show. Like, like we watched Rebels together for her first time a couple of years ago. And like the B1 droids were her favorite part of the show. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they, they make them so lovable. They're just like, yeah, I've faced tons of Jedi, and I've won every time. Oh, and then it, you just it gets sliced <laughs> in half. It's like, well, I didn't see that. I wasn't ready. Like I, yeah, or like, oh, not again. Yeah, <laughs> they have so much personality, <laughs> and I love that. Oh my gosh, that that that's a good pick. That's a real good pick. I love that so much. Hell yeah. Um. So what what is your fourth pick? My fourth pick. Uh. I actually didn't get to see this episode the, uh, this morning, but Trials of the Dark Saber. Yes, that's on my list too. So, so season three, episode fifteen. Ah, uh, so good. Yeah, and it's 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 so cool seeing a like seeing really seeing the dark saber, uh, seeing the dark saber again. Yeah. Um, and and like just a Jedi training a Mandalorian to use the dark saber. Mm-hmm. and 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 just like the whole banter like I, I think i saw like i i think i literally saw like a meme of it the other day of just like kanan complaining to hera about teaching a mandalorian how to use yeah. a lightsaber she's <laughs> like oh she's so stubborn and this and that and you're like so mandalorian yes <laughs> so mandalorian <laughs> he's just a guy he's just a dude he's just guys being dudes like this this is also Sabine is the second best character of the show. Um Ooh. hot take. Hot take, I know. Okay. But like so, I So so yours is Hera then Sabine? Hera then Sabine. Okay. Okay. Like th- those are my top two. Uh obviously I mean, those, those are like my two and three. So yeah, K- Kanan's Kanan <laughs> rounds out the big three for me. But like uh I I love Sabine as a character because there's so much backstory with her in the fact that she was Mandalorian. She left, she joined the Empire and gave them the tools to make the weapons that they have. You know, the, the, the very weapon that could destroy, destroy Mandalorian everything. culture. And then she gets, you know, she leaves the Empire, joins the Rebel. 
and eventually has to come back and gets the dark saber the tool to lead her people like there is so much there, there's so much to sabine sabine is such a cool character and like and we get to see her live action yeah uh, that too oh and i i am all for you know again having more asians in star wars and sabine is a perfect example of that and she this episode really is kind of her big break this is her getting like everyone's kind of got a gimmick by season three everybody knows what they're doing when it yeah. comes to like the greater fight and we've been waiting for sabine to really like lock into all of the mandalore stuff and getting that like you said that uh that mentor mentee relationship with kanan kanan gets to try again where he's kind of lost the lost the plot with Ezra, who at by season three is on his own thing. Um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. And this episode really in I talk about this all the time on the podcast, so you know that it was going to be <laughs> in here. The idea of found family and the importance of that is so prevalent in this episode, oh. and it's I I love it. I love it. Really do. And, and like oh my gosh and like throughout the entire series their 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 relationships with each other as a found family is yeah. so fantastic some of the so in some of these episodes that we've talked about they they talk about like okay how are we going to approach this like and like and and our base our best space mom Hera always tries to make sure that everyone has a say yeah like they she wants to make sure that like is everyone on board are there doubts are there is there is there anything any questions and like it's it's so cool yeah i love that family so much <laughs> yeah it's it again like the i love when i can see story i mean everybody does that you know i love when i see stories that i can relate to in my media and i mean just the just everything about sabine and her family and her really uh her really tempestuous relationship with mandalore and its culture and her having imposter syndrome and feeling like oh, i don't deserve to be here because i was doing all of this and like, it's just it's fascinating i really genuinely love sabine's character arc throughout the entire show yep. and i'm excited to see where they take her next if there is a second uh, season of Ahsoka, I expect her to have a completely different hair look and armor look. She better in e <laughs> every season she gets a new one. So like she needs, yeah. I man, I I love that episode. It's it's really really good. Well, and and like she and I love how Sabine stands out from other Mandalorians as like this artist. Yeah, and, and it reflects on both her armor and how she approaches like her her ops yep her and and it's it's so cool that like she uses art to fight the empire yeah <laughs> god i love this so great pick great pick it, that was on my list um uh, <laughs> i i am going to throw out uh what might be my favorite run of episodes in the entire series i'm cheating because this one episode is actually maybe four or five episodes in one um <laughs> but the the primary one that i always 
find myself coming back to is season four, episode nine, Rebel Assault. Oh, now oh, no. this episode, <laughs> <laughs> this episode is kind of the culmination of multiple of basically the entire season up to this. Like they have been staking out Lothal, been doing like little runs here. This is kind of the culmination of the last like three episodes before it. I think uh, episode seven, Kindred, and then episode eight, I think it was the Crawler Commandos or, some, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leads directly into this. And then this story leads directly into the next two episodes. So this is a big old like six episode deal. And I love serialized storytelling when you can do that, and especially in a show like this. Yes. But season season four, episode nine, Rebel Assault is really like Hera's greatest trial. And it's quite simply Hera versus Thrawn. And the battle I freaking have been I had been waiting for since he was introduced. Because we had seen Hera get out of some pretty sticky jams against literally every villain in the series. (laughs) And usually she would come out unscathed or if she did have to fight, she would eventually come out the winner. Here, we get to see the culmination of everything Hera's been working on up till this point this season. Everything Ezra and Zeb have been working on up till this season. And you get to see a multi-level... Y'all remember... Y'all remember Star Wars Battlefront where they were like, you can start on the ground fighting in troops, you know, fighting on the beaches, get into a ship and fly and start doing space battles. Like this is the, this is the promise of the premise here where we see that fulfilled multiple levels of attacks where they are taking out a blockade. They are destroying defense towers. Like, Everybody is firing on all cylinders as we see our heroes scattered off to different pieces of this plan. This is peak Rebels in so many ways. Peak action, peak character moments, and peak sadness. Because (laughs) y'all, Hera loses this fight. Um, She... (laughs) remember before what we were talking about she gets out of most of them and wins this is the most this is literally the only thing that justifies us saying most and not all um it's it's kind of incredible because again this is very much Hera versus the world and she is leading this battalion her phoenix squadron against thrawn who's deploying and this is one of the fact that a-wings get the shine in this series you and your a-wings you love your (laughs) a-wings jesse's like the only person i know who like who will defend a-wings well they're they're okay listen they're like one of the (laughs) smallest craft that could still hold a hyperdrive like any any other ship that is around that size usually needs some sort of apparatus to hat to in order to like jump into hyperspace a-wings are the only ones that are like, nah, we're good. Like, like Jedi, like even the Jedi Starcraft are about the same size, yeah. and they still needed like a hyperspace ring in order to like in, in order to jump. Yeah, it's and it, it this this is why you bring Jesse on. This is <laughs> this is why you do it. Um, 
I, yeah, I, there's so much, there's so many good things about this show. And I feel like all of them are represented here. Like this episode, again, is the culmination of multiple episodes of planning, which you don't get often enough, especially in animated series. But you get to see the biggest heroes fight the biggest villains. And the aftermath of it is intense. You get to see Hera lose most of her crew, most of her squadron in the ensuing firefight. And she goes up against this guy who is in the most technologically advanced TIE fighter we've seen up till this point. The TIE defender, man. And y'all, she smokes him it's not even a challenge like she goes all in and she is the best pilot in the galaxy and And, so like and that guy is always bragged about as being like oh this is the best imperial pilot ever and then it's just i could absolutely take care of anytime i please meanwhile yeah he did not please yeah, it's it's expectations versus reality with him. And <laughs> Hera is also, to my knowledge, the only person to use a smaller fighter ship to take out a Star Destroyer. When she hits the domino effect of sending a TIE fighter crashing into a cruiser, which then goes crashing into a Star Destroyer right next to it. Hera's the best, and that's all while she is on the descent, having been knocked off and heading into a crash. Like, What can can I do on my way out? (laughs) She's like, I am going to pull off something so toxic that they will never be able to recover from this. Like, this is this is like you when you play D&D of just like, okay, um, listen, I would like to try some shenanigans. <laughs> I don't know if you'll allow it, but I'd like to try some shenanigans. And this is the one time they say yes. But if I roll a nat 20 <laughs> right now, can I do this? <laughs> and Hera rolled two nat 20s. It was, she, she, she was, she was rolling with disadvantage and she still rolled two nat 20s. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's so cool because not only do you get that, that's just the first half of the episode <laughs> because the back half is everybody trying to figure out what happened and Hera having to escape the city with her, with Chopper and with her, uh, her last remaining member of her Phoenix squadron, all while being pursued by rook and rook is that bitch rook is the guy you call if something needs to get done and he does it they like man it took them a while to finally get rid of rook and it was like every time he every time he was unkillable every time you you're like oh finally and then they'd show a shot of him like surviving and like Like, climbing out of the gutter it's like dang it (laughs) leave us alone just go away don't go away mad just go away yeah it's oh my god he's he is literally one of the most terrifying villains that they ever made in star wars and he's not even like an inquisitor or a sith just the fact that he will pursue you until death and maybe even after that he's such a skilled like skilled combatant Mm -hmm. uh when it comes to like melee and um and like 
I didn't realize this uh, because you're talking about that whole section. My next pick was going to be the very the the very next episode, episode yes. ten. Perfect. Um, uh, I didn't realize how like I keep on forgetting how short Rook is. He's a, he is a short king. He and is a short he, king, and I and love he, him for it. Yeah, and he, and he he like can rock some socks for yes, for both for both his like for like his skills and his height is just like he, because of the threat he is he just seems a lot bigger and it's just like no he's just he's just skilled he's just a little guy he's, <laughs> he's a little a, guy who's very good a, at what he does yeah yeah i man what a great episode and let's you know let's keep that ball rolling because the i love the end of the episode because like Hera gets captured, Chopper and the uh, I can't remember the pilot's name escape. They meet up with Kanan, who's just like, "I got this," and they roll off into the credits. And you're like, "What do you mean you got this, Kanan? What are you gonna do?" And we find out in, in episode, episode ten, which is your next pick, I'm assuming. Yep, Jedi Knight. Let's talk about it. Uh, I was just talking to Eric before we recorded about like how I was spending all morning pretty much crying. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And this was the episode that caused the most of it. Um, because this is, this is both, this is both a really good episode of rebels and one of my least favorite episodes. It's a difficult episode to go back and rewatch. But like, in like going back to Thrawn of just like how best thre- villain, he's so good, and and just like how thre- and the fact that he pays attention to art, <sighs> the details, and and, and, and oh. that and that is how he defeats his villains is like or like that's how he defeats his opponents is incredible. It's so cool, and and like he like Governor Price, who's just like the most worthless like. <laughs> governor imperial governor i love her she's the worst she's just like hey, 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 hey torture 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 torture's fun and she gets no information from hera no and and then thrawn walks up and it's like oh hey so this thing that's very apart important part of your culture i know like 30 things about you just from this Oof. like oh hey uh it looks like you had a brother that you lost at a very like and he died at a very young age and it was just like, whoa! He, he... Remember, remember when he rocked up to uh, to I I don't remember which episode it was, but it was on it was Hera's uh, Hera's home planet. They had gone there, and he's able to like analyze all of the items in the room to give him a clue as to not only that Hera was there, but also where they're going. Like he is the. Most, I am so excited to see him in Ahsoka because he is terrifying. He is terrifying at just how cunning he is. Yes, like he, like he's he's also proficient in like martial arts, but yeah. also, but like that's not the scariest part about him. No, and 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 so like, and that's just like the first couple minutes of the episode. Ugh. Uh, and then uh, and then the most tragic thing happens. Oh, the second most tragic thing happens to Kanan. Yeah. Uh, he he cuts his hair. Uh, <laughs> he cuts his hair. He shaves the beard. I like the mullet look for him. He has three very distinct looks. 
Yes. Uh, not including him wearing the Temple Guard mask, which is a sick look in itself. That is such a cool mask. Such a great I love mask. that so much. So cool. Like, like him with the mask, the ponytail, and the beard is my yeah. favorite look. That it is looks my great. favorite look. It's and I like the update to like his gear, his kit, his outfit. Yeah. But like I was willing to give this a chance, the the mullet and the and the baby face. Because he was like, it's go time. And they do yeah, this. Yeah, but it's a very ominous go time. And you're like, yeah. I don't like the attitude that you're yes. having right now. This very goodbye attitude. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> and it launches into this desperate rescue for one of the best prison breaks. I, I was going to say the best prison break in Star Wars, but then Andor happened and we it can no longer be the <laughs> best prison break because no, that, that is the best Star and, Wars and, prison break. Andor does have the best prison break. I agree. One way out. But we see... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but we see, like, the kind of the crystallization of that relationship between Kanan and Hera. Like, it had been teased out the wazoo for the entire show yeah like you, you know they're mom and dad but like we just want mom and dad to just say that they love each other <laughs> now kith like i just <laughs> i just want them to kiss one time and just oh, man heartbreaking uh, oh and, and then uh and then further proof that governor price is the stupidest governor the worst. in the entire empire just so these rebels don't escape, shoot the very important fuel pod. That definitely that, won't cause an explosion. Yeah, that definitely won't blow up the other fuel pods. <laughs> that like, like you, you did the rebels work for them. Yep. By being an idiot, and it also caused the death of my favorite character, and that's just rude. Yeah, that moment where he's holding the the explosion back as he like force pushes Hera onto the ship and you see his eyes change he regains his sight for just a moment so that the just last the... thing that he sees is Hera oh Oof. god oh Oof. It's, it's so good but it's so terrible oh god and, it is so sad yeah it is heartbreaking and that leads into doom the very next episode mm -hmm. which kind of completes the circuit um, us adjust to all of us uh audience included having to adjust to the fact that kanan's gone yeah <laughs> so good i'm i am glad because like when the show started right i was like look i understand this show is on disney xd <laughs> but these characters have to die before this show ends no, and no. i didn't feel that way up until <laughs> Kanan revealed it. great one of the best reveals in Star Wars of him revealing himself to be a Jedi with the oh, you know modular yeah. such it, a great moment that was oh that's such a beautiful um, moment of just him accepting like all right well here goes nothing god I put this behind <laughs> me when that happened I was like okay so it's just two more Jedi so that so they have to die like for this whole thing to make sense <laughs> And yet I was still not ready for it when it did happen. And Never you feel ready. the weight of it. And his journey across the series has been him reconnecting with the Force, both physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of that. And in that moment, it, you know, 
manifests itself as the force connecting him back together. And it's just, oh, what a great episode. But an episode that I'll just say, I I don't go back to rewatch as often as Wings of the Master. I'll tell you that much. This is, <laughs> well, okay. it's a hard watch. It's, it's, it's no Space Tokyo Drift, okay? It's no Space Tokyo <laughs> Drift. And you know what? Not a lot is. Well, and I don't go back to that episode a lot just because of feelings. It's sad. <laughs> it's a it's a sad watch and incredible, incredible work done by the animators, the writers, directors, the actors. But it's so difficult to watch, especially when you know what's about to happen. There's this looming dread. Like Kanan, like when when he walks away from the ship as it's exploding, like Kanan, what are you doing, Kanan? Kanan, no, 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 Kanan, Kanan, no, don't do this. Just force push everybody out of there. Just, just, just force push yourself. Force push yourself out of there. Anything except what you're doing right now. Yeah, it's yeah, wonderful episode. Um, so for my, I know you've got a couple honorable mentions for my last main pick. I think somewhere on our list, this was probably there for both of us. Twilight of the Apprentice. Yep. That's that's one of them. (laughs) The season two finale. Season two, episodes 21 and 22. This is what people wanted. This is as good of a representation of what Rebels is as any other episode in the entire series. I talked about how Rebel Assault is kind of the peak of Rebels, where it shows like everything. Well, Twilight I, I, the Apprentice. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, like Rebel Assault is like peak, like rebellion. Yes. Like, uh, like the rebellion aspect of Rebels, and this is like very peak Jedi Jedi Laser yeah. Sword. <laughs> this is very peak Jedi Jedi Laser Sword, but in a way that doesn't feel reductive. It feels like it expands on and builds upon stuff we already know, including the old master who shows up here. They, Kanan and Ezra and Ahsoka go to this temple and we find out, oh lordy, it's a Sith temple and things are bad and the inquisitors are there and they want to kill them and they've got their little helicopter lightsabers and it's that shit still terrifies me just the (laughs) idea of like you could be walking along having a normal day and you just hear (laughs) and you just look up from the sky and they can assassin's creed down onto you terrifying prospect but this this episode reunites us with darth maul Oh, but not just a Darth Maul, but a Darth Maul who has been rent asunder, who is at the lowest point since he was a little Spider-Man in the uh, in the junkyards. Maul broken again, again, (laughs) at least at least he has most of his limbs. And it's so cool seeing an older wiser more manipulative maul here this is the first time we would see him uh for the show and it would last until next season but i love him tempting ezra this is ezra's temptation to the dark side um we also get some sick lightsaber duels between the jedi and the inquisitors uh, the ending of episode 21, where the Inquisitors are there, Kanan and Ahsoka are like, 
okay, we are kind of outnumbered here, but we got this. And Maul's like, oh yeah, that that little walking stick I had? Nope, just kidding. It's my lightsaber and I'm about to throw down. And you don't know what he's going to do next. Incredible. him, him being the wild card is yes. like it's so cool it's the best part about maul in the clone wars because you don't know what he's what level he's operating on at any point and so yeah. seeing him here and introducing that energy into this story terrifying yes and and speaking of terrifying whoa uh... again no <laughs> preamble no like oh we don't know what's coming in or oh did you hear who's almost here ezra's on the top of this temple having just lit it up with and i don't know who's who voiced the uh the the sith holocron but also terrifying you just see a light coming down and you're like what's going and then it's just darth vader on top of a tie fighter and i'm like can you just announce yourself (laughs) One, that, can you ring that, the doorbell that, one that, time that is his announcement is him coming down on a tie fighter it's just him there and it's oh man okay this is something really weird that i noticed uh weird tangent detail um so he has the tie advanced and uh the inquisitors have like a version of the tie advanced that is not as big and bad as his so do you think Darth Vader had one of their versions and just modded it to be his? I would love to think that <laughs> Vader, you know, cape off is just like pit stopping it, like making, you know, edits to it very fast and furious style, Dom Toretto, like making mods and talking about family. But the way <laughs> oh, I kind of he, look at he's it. He's definitely not talking about family, though. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. I had a family once. They betrayed me. And I murdered but... them like animals. <laughs> and all the children, too. I I kind of figure that his was the prototype. And then he was like, I like this. Everyone can have a lesser version. And that's okay. when they started like mass producing them. They're like, okay, this works. But none of them can be as cool as Vader's. <laughs> By royal or imperial decree. <laughs> It's weird. the The records for Vader's Tie Advance have been erased. Weird. We just have the base outline for it. I guess we'll just have to make lesser versions. Vader's <laughs> just like, yes, strange how that happened. Most unfortunate. Dramatically walks away. <laughs> cape swishes, and just under the cape, you can see the rolled up blueprint, like very Indiana Jones style, just. I need access to the incinerator. Why? Why are you questioning me? You question me? Prepare it at once. <laughs> yeah, I... Seeing him come down again is a... Oh, they're dead! They're all dead! But then you forget. At least I did. I'm very much like Jesse in that I forget things as soon as the creators want me to forget things, and I remember them (laughs) only when the creators want me to remember things. You see... or you hear footsteps, and you see Ahsoka reunite with her master after 15 years? 
and just the dialogue between them is incredible it's so good and so tragic and it's ahsoka like dealing with now like anakin acting like he's hot shit and it's like he took two semesters of Shakespeare and he's like, ah, yes, of course, the foretold reunion has arrived. And Ahsoka's like, fuck, what are you talking about? <laughs> yes, I'm here. Let's fight. Oh, God. But, but it gets so much worse, like in the middle of the fight, like oh. she actually gets part of his mask. Strikes him. So, oh. so, so she has to see his face with a Sith oh. eye. And like, and like, that's further like her having to like come to terms with like Anakin's gone. Also, the coldest line read in the entire show is, "Then I will avenge his death. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi." Sparks up the lightsaber. I was like, "Oh my god!" It gets me so hyped every yeah, time. But then, like, but like when the temple starts closing on them, you're like. Oh no! No 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 no! Wait a second! Wait a second! That means Ahsoka's dead. Ahsoka's dead. And she's and when dead. She, and when she tells Ezra to go, she's like, "I have to, I have to finish this." And Ezra's like, "No, he's gonna kill you because he kills everybody." I watched Rogue One. I mean, I know it hasn't <laughs> happened yet, but I watched Rogue One. And Vader looks at her, and she goes, "I'm not leaving you. Not this time." Like, if you have all of the backstory uh, of Clone Wars up till then, oh, buddy. Lightsaber to the heart. And also, I will <sighs> say, rewatch it, because I, I rewatched mo most of these episodes and prep for this. Rewatching this after having watched the final season of Clone Wars, anytime Ahsoka and Maul are in the same scene, I'm just like... Anybody gonna bring up the fact that she diced Maul the last time they talked? That she absolutely rocked his shit last time that they were on screen together? Anybody gonna talk about that? No? Are, are we, it's just like this. Oh my gosh. Nobody like, gonna mention I, how Ahsoka punked Maul <laughs> on Mandalore? No? Right. We, okay. got, we, got, we got a Ahsoka punking Maul. We got Hera punking Vader. Yes. Like, <laughs> such a great moment, too. Oh my god. Yeah, this this episode also has like the best ending tableau. Like it has the best ending out of any of the season finale endings for me. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Cuz you get I like very much agree. The the whole temple collapses, everyone's dealing with the loss of Ahsoka. You know, Kanan's blinded now. He's blinded by Maul. You see Maul escape, so he's in the Tide Defender. He took he took Vader's ship because he is the ultimate hater. And <laughs> we see every you know, we, we get that great shot of Ahsoka descending into the temple. We don't know what that means. If she's alive, is this a force ghost? Is she dead? Is it symbolic? Vader, like, limping away, having had his shit rocked. And then we get this great ending moment of, like, going through the entire bridge of the ghost, zooming in on Kanan as he turns with the new, you know, mask, and then cutting to Ezra with the Sith holocron and it lighting up as his eyes, you know, glow red. Like that is the greatest 
to be continued i have ever seen in a yes. star wars anything oh man yeah it's just like hard to just like okay what is the future for these characters like like they just like they both rocked and also were rocked in this, yes in this episode. Oh, it's so good it's yeah it is the one i think it's the episode that everyone thinks of when you think of oh what's the best rebels episode because those two together craft just a super cool story it's it's incredible well, and like since you mentioned my honorable mention, I feel like the next honorable mention ha- should have to do with that episode, and it's towards the the last season. It, actually, it's I think it's in the last season. I can't think of what episode it is right now, but like when essentially Ezra figures out time travel. Yeah, yeah, that was an honorable <laughs> mention for me. Like. It, and like we find out the answer to what happened between Ahsoka and Vader. Oh, so good, <laughs> so good. That's um. Let me look this up. This is a world between worlds. Uh, oh, season dang. four, episode thirteen. Yep. I I remember I deleted those words God. as like when I was narrowing. I was trying to narrow down to just five episodes. It's that tough. Was one of the ones I took off. It's tough to do that. But yeah, that it's a great episode too. And just again, building out the lore. Y'all know how much I love my lore. Like building this out is so like it's so cool. I love stuff like this. And, and like the the whole the, this series explores the force in a different way that we haven't seen in the movies. Yes. And so it's so good to see that. Like, yeah, like time time travel shenanigans, like sure. The force is a weird and wacky thing. Yeah. And it should have weird and wacky abilities that like and somehow and, emperor palpatine returned like <laughs> wacky stuff happens that can be that can't be thanks, explained all the time thanks poe <laughs> <laughs> um well like between that and the bendu you don't, uh, don't even get me started on the freaking <laughs> bendu man like like that fi- we don't have time to talk about the bendu but the bendu is but just like, fi- finally a for a, a like very powerful force entity that's neutral yeah to a fault in a way yes neutral to like like we've seen throughout the clone wars and rebels we've seen uh a a powerful entity that is uh that is dark side to a fault one that is light side to a fault one that is that it tries to balance them both to a fault oh yeah and and then one that is just neutral to a fault he's like yeah i'm just watching man i'm just i'm just sitting here vibing watching the star war yeah, and then when they force him to get involved, he gets so pissed about He's it. He's so mad. He is <laughs> he is the one person in the group project who's like, I'm not committed to doing anything. And they're like, you have to give the opening speech. He's like, man, I don't want to freaking do this. I'm going to do make, it, and it's going to be great. You, if you make me do the opening speech, I will do absolutely zero for you guys ever again i will never take another class with you guys ever again and i'm not doing any prep for it i'm winging this whole thing (laughs) like he's such a yeah i i have very complicated feelings about the bendu but having him on here and getting them to like really once they do call in that favor with him it's great and also we do get to have ahsoka saved so that she really this episode is the whole reason this show is even possible (laughs) so it had to show up somewhere on this list for sure 
I have one last honorable mention. Okay. And I kind of think it might also be one of your honorable mentions. The episode is entitled Twin Sons. This is season three, episode 20. And this is the completion of the Obi-Wan and Darth Maul saga. I, I, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about that on here or not, but like, I'm very much a fan of talking about it. <laughs> Why would I want to talk about it? Well, because there's a lot of controversy with the whole fight. There's a huge you mean, controversy on the fight. You mean maybe the best lightsaber duel in the history of the franchise? The best and quickest? <laughs> it's look, look y'all you can have an opinion I, I think i think that's why they're salty they're salty because it's so fast if you, like, you you've seen so many fights with these two throughout yeah. the clone wars you and phantom menace you, like, they're also they're they're just old guys they're old guys they're, they're and old also dudes doing old things they're old <laughs> they're old dudes doing old things you know out in the desert where nobody else is around they're just doing old guy things like, and this was an ode to Kurosawa and the samurai films of old, of which, a, you know, a fair amount was maybe appropriated for Jedi culture. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think this, <laughs> ooh, nervous laughter. Uh, I love this episode. I didn't put it on the top five because it's so hard to narrow this down. But and, and it's it's not it's not a pivotal episode for the rebels characters. No, not at it all. It is in a fact. pivotal episode for Star Wars in general. Yes, having Darth Maul and Obi Wan finish their rivalry was amazing. I love the uh, Dave Filoni's thought process behind it too, where he was like, "Well, we brought him back in animation." So we're going to send them off in animation. I love the idea of that. I well, think it's so and, cool. And like this episode has a lot of parallels to an old comic book uh, yes. of, of Star Wars parallels where they had like all these like alternate universe stories. Uh-huh. And one of them was an encounter between of, like one final encounter between Obi-Wan and Darth Maul. Oh, I didn't know that. And, and like, like, it's it starts off with Darth Maul just charging Uncle Owen Aunt Beru's home. Oh God! Like he is coming straight for them, and then from underground, Obi Wan <laughs> just pops out he of the sand. So extra. He's yeah. So extra. Pops out of the sand. They have to fight. Ultimately, Obi Wan wins. And I think and like oh my gosh, he is Darth Maul is so scary in that comic. Yeah. Like. He has those claw legs that you see in Clone Wars. Yeah. Like the 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 two claw legs before uh-huh. he got like normal people legs, which is I feel like is boring, but it's whatever. It's a downgrade for sure. Um but like I feel like everyone was expecting that fight mm. when they saw this episode. But I feel like that one's more of a fan service. This one is more of like good storytelling. Yeah, you've seen the two of them do the 
big extended flipping throughout the underbelly of Naboo fights that they've had since the Phantom Menace. And and the fights they, they had throughout the Clone Wars. Of which they had many. Like, that was a <laughs> long-running theme of the show, is Darth Maul is the greatest hater in the galaxy, and he will follow Obi-Wan to the ends of that galaxy. Even take over Mandalore for it. <laughs> Darth Maul will take over an entire culture instead of going to therapy. That is That is Darth Maul's driving trait he will not seek help he will Gosh. only like sith am i right sith am i right <laughs> uh yeah it's the culmination of this of not only ezra being there seeking out oh man there's a jedi master that we could really use in this conflict since thrawn is kicking our asses and it being obi-wan and him going, uh, just, what are you doing out here? Like, do you know the story about the voice actor for him, right? Uh, I think I knew it at one point in time, but I forgot. So the story goes, and this is kind of peeling the curtain back for a lot of um, voice acting stuff in LA. A lot of times when they are casting roles, they will have, whether it's a casting assistant or someone, do scratch audio. Oftentimes for people to um to audition against mm. and they had i believe he was a casting assistant who just did the scratch audio so that people could uh read along along with when they would bring in for callbacks and stuff and it was specifically i can't remember the actor's name who plays maul incredible actor he's oh, he was in shoot, uh, so many insane. that's that's gonna bother me yep looking it up because um, he's he's in he's in so much star wars stuff like yeah uh sam witwer uh so sam, sam witwer yeah sam witwer you know comes in to read uh to obviously reprise darth maul and they're like just getting the scratch audio and he and the guy who did the scratch audio did such a great alec guinness impression that they were like well it's got to be him and so he got the role <laughs> based off of doing scratch audio. Like the like, coolest that's such, thing. That's so dope. That's like such a cool way to like get into something as iconic as this episode. Yeah. And so we get to see the story end. Um, I love that it's very much, you know, Maul kind of raging since his, his revenge has consumed him for decades at this yeah. point and he is not in a very good place and so <laughs> no. he has this one thing that he has been chasing and chasing for years and he's finally found it and it's not at all what he wanted and i think that he kind of represents those fans who are like oh i want a great big battle and yep. it's like look at this i found i found this decrepit old man hiding out on a desert planet and the the switch up one of again one of my favorite moments in the entire series is maul going like why did you come here like why this place specifically and he's like you're protecting something we're protecting someone and it cuts to obi-wan and just 
just lights <laughs> up because he's like, he knows why I'm here. He has to die now because no one can know why I'm here. And yep. I love that shit. Well, and and like the fight itself, um, I, I've at first I was one of those fans that was upset with how the fight went. Oh, like, really? Yep. I like when I when I saw that for the first time, I was like, "You got to be kidding me! It's all been building up to this, and this is the fight that we have." Uh, and it was interesting. Wasn't, it wasn't until it was explained to me what happens in that fight that oh, like I yeah. I looked back into it and I was like oh it was the culmination of everything okay that is pretty cool because like he because obi-wan opens up he does his he does his uh stance his his, ewan mcgregor stance yeah his ewan mcgregor stance the 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 like the the pointed fingers and the lightsaber behind it behind him and then he switches to a second stance and the second stance is quagon Jin's stance and and then maul and so he it's baits like, him he he yeah. changes stances maul doesn't and that's well, why and, he loses well and maul's like oh oh he's doing qui-gon's i beat qui-gon this is easy yeah and and so he goes and so when they fight maul they do the same battle that he and qui-gon had back on naboo yeah and he goes for the move that was qui-gon's undoing and obi-wan counters it and, and so good it, and like that's such good closure for like for that of of like he essentially he eventually avenges his master's death and everyone else that Maul has also killed, including Obi Wan's one true love, the only person that he has truly been romantically <sighs> attached to, and would have left the order for would have left the order for. Like, it is, I don't know if people, like, recognize how big that is for Obi-Wan, the guy, the Jedi. The, the most, one of the most dedicated people to the Jedi. Like, and, and for him to be like, yeah, you, you matter to me so much, I would leave the Jedi Order for you. Wild. And Maul's just like, oh man, you care for her? Man, that would I'll suck. know what I gotta do next. That that would suck if like something really unfortunate happened to her, like getting I don't know impaled. Oh no reason. I don't bring that up for any reason. Oh, well, I just wanted to bring that up. I don't know. Just you know, as as a thought process. <laughs> as a but thought yeah. process, holding the dark saber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a wonderful ending for the characters. Um, and then he holds, and I've heard this too, he holds everyone the same way. He holds Maul the same way that he held Satine and held Qui-Gon after the battle. And he's like, is, is, is that child the chosen one? And Obi-Wan's like, yeah, I, I think he is. I think he might be the chosen one. And he's like, all right, cool. He's going to avenge us. And Obi-Wan's like, I don't think that's what we're going for here, Vengeance Man, but I'm just going to let you die without saying anything because I want you to get some closure. Well, and, and like, that's that's interesting, too, of, like, he says, avenge us. Yeah. Not not just himself. He says, avenge us. Because he, he sees himself as just as wronged as the Jedi Order. And when you look back on everything, especially, you know, the extra context that we get from that final Clone Wars season, like he was just as much a victim as the Jedi were to oh Palpatine. Well, and Palpatine screwed him over time and time again throughout oh, the Clone yeah. Wars too, murdering his brother, like killing his brother and like, and, For no and reason. just like, 
and replacing him with Dooku and just be like, yeah, you're I'm done with you. You're good. Yeah. Bye. It's. It's a wonderful send off for that character, a wonderful send off for this rivalry. And then we do get that little tease at the end where Obi-Wan goes and watches a young Luke run off to, you know, to his home years before they'd try to replicate it with Ewan McGregor on Disney Plus. Um, yep. <sighs> yeah, it's it's a it's just a great episode. It's a great episode. So good. Like I, I didn't appreciate it when I first watched it, but now it's it's such a good episode. Like I think I think right now, the only thing that upsets about like the only thing that upsets me about the episode is that Ezra's in there. <laughs> like I think Ezra, they had to just because it was a because rebels, it's Re- because it's rebels. They Ezra had to include kind of, one rebels kind of, character was kind of required to be there. Yeah, and I was like, fine. But if, in the grander scheme of things, like you said at the top of this like it doesn't really affect the show at all no <laughs> like it doesn't even really affect ezra no because he <laughs> just met this person like he doesn't he only knows about obi-wan in passing and this old man means nothing to him yeah but yeah great episode um do you have any more honorable mentions um i feel like like I don't know if they're honorable mentions. I just feel like the the only thing that we really need to take like talk about is like stinking Ezra and Thrawn's send off, and the, yeah, the, the, the the finale, yeah, when they yeet themselves into hyperspace, <laughs> and like we have no idea what happens to them after that until until Ahsoka. we find out. Yeah, I'm <laughs> wondering if we're actually going to see Ezra in the show. They have an actor cast for like recordings but it's unclear on whether in the trailers we see him as a hologram yeah but But i have to assume that's like a recording from a previous oh like from the time of rebels so i don't know and also we do know that uh that lars mickelson is coming back to portray thrawn so and we found out in mandalorian that ahsoka has been looking for him so yeah it's it is a wild time yeah and like thrawn and and ezra were in the same ship so they were together um, they were literally entwined with the giant so, octopus so, thing so if we're seeing thrawn where where where's ezra questions to have for sure uh, um but as we're wrapping up here uh are is there anything that you want to see in ahsoka like something that you really hope is in there okay this is not important for ahsoka or star wars it is just important for me um i just want to see a flashback of live action kanan with freddie prince jr yes it's gotta oh be freddie prince if, if it was freddie prince jr as live action kanan that would oh that would, give him oh. the stupid ponytail do it yes Give him the ponytail. Oh my gosh, that would be the best thing in the whole wide world. I I have been wanting that for a while. I don't know if they're going to do it, but I would love nothing more. Oh my gosh, it would just be the best. And like, I would like, I would just love to see, like, I want to see all these characters as live action. And like, it's so cool to see, like, we see most of them. Yeah. But there's, there's one that's missing and I'd really like to see him at least in a flashback. 
Yeah, we've seen literally every other member of the ghost in live action <laughs> except for him. So but. I'm I'm excited. I'm really man, I I just I I want there to be a scene like my my wish list very simple. I want a scene between Hera and Thrawn. Like Ooh. I need one because yes. that was the most exciting confrontation for me in Rebels because they yes. represented kind of the leadership of each side. And I just I want to see it. And it and it's so cool. Like I want to see because like this is sometime later so like I want to see what Hera's doing at this point in time. Yeah, because we because we know she's got a baby. She's yeah, got a little, and, little, and, little baby with Kanan. And he's got to be he's got to be how old by this point? Well, I think he's like 5 or 6 cuz like they doesn't the last because, season because, happen like five years before? Because uh, yeah, and and it's just like, oh man, I just want to see like what they're all up to since Return of the Jedi. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and, like, <laughs> and maybe we'll get that official confirmation that Rex was on the moon of Endor. Who knows? Didn't we, I thought we got that? Didn't we get like some sort of confirmation? That's what they've been saying, but they're also like, I guess there was an actual character that was named, and there's been like weird controversy on erasing a character just oh. to insert a Clone Wars character. But maybe we'll get official confirmation. Who knows? He Either way, this, I'm excited he, to see. These he characters. has the same beard as Rex. <laughs> it's like, so true. He's and he looks the same age Rex would look during Return of the Jedi. Also, we just need Tamira Morrison and everything. Just everything doing what? everything, buddy. So has he, has he I don't think he's ever played Rex. I don't think he has. He was in It would uh, be really cool to see him as Rex. He was a random clone. Clone, he was a random in Obi-Wan. clone. Yeah, an Obi-Wan. And I think in Andor he popped up. Maybe I'm remembering that wrong. But either uh, way, maybe he I would love to see him as Rex. That would be really that would be cool. To really see him as cool. Rex. And just Ugh. honestly, just seeing all these characters again, because it's been so long since Rebels ended. All these characters have been scattered to the wind doing their own thing. And I am just super excited to see what they've been up to. Yeah, just, just, just see what the family's up to. Just, yeah. just see like, and like, I want to see like how the kid, how, how like their little kid came out. Yeah. And what, like, do we, I don't know if he has a name yet. Maybe. I don't I don't know if anything's established about his name, but anyway. Either way, hype is through the roof for Ahsoka. We're both very excited about it, and I hope you are too, and I hope you enjoyed the list. Uh, if you would like to uh, let us know what your favorite episode is, feel free to reach out on Twitter. Uh, Jesse, where can people find you if they're interested in hearing your thoughts? Um, so if a uh, good way to... Uh, get contact with me is usually through instagram uh i'm on a few different social media sites as jedi jesse 20 uh if that doesn't tell you how (laughs) how big a how big a fan jesse is because that's literally the only uh the only name you know social whatever that i've known him by in the all the years that we've been friends i've i've not changed it uh and uh I'm I'm also starting to become uh, more present on the artist formerly known as Twitter, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I I'm also trying to promote a podcast. Yes, that, promote uh, it. Uh, the the podcast I just started like five weeks ago. 
Uh, it's called The Adventures of Captain Calamari. No, not the Captain Calamari toy that's like a pirate octopus. It's, uh, it's a story of... Uh, it's a weird concept because it's, it's media that exists within Star Wars universe. It's the premise is a Imperial broadcast gets interrupted by this story. And it's the adventures of this Captain America kind of character uh, who goes around the galaxy, like helping people out and, and fighting against the empire. So it's basically like all those like radio plays and old timey, like, uh, oh yeah, U- very USO. much in the, in the style. It's very much in the style of like old timey radio show. Yeah. I got a lot of inspiration from the Silver Shroud from Fallout. Yes, and there was a there's a uh, there's a Superman serial that I found on Spotify. Yeah, and I took a lot of inspiration from that too. Hell yeah! So and the Imperial it- broadcast was also influenced by season one, episode eight of Rebels, uh, Empire Day. It comes full circle. <laughs> Another great episode. Uh, I I have been really digging what Jesse's been putting out. Of course, because he's my friend, but also because he is a extremely talented and creative individual. Um, so go check out the Adventures of Captain Calamari. You will not be disappointed if you are itching for more Star Wars, but Star Wars that you can just put on your headphones and go about your day without having to look at visuals. Have the visuals illustrated for you by jesse's your... soothing voice <laughs> and yeah all the all the characters are voiced by me uh some of them are f- heavily edited uh <laughs> um and and you can you can find it on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and uh i i think a few other places go check it out you said you're what five five episodes in I, I I just released the fifth episode yeah. Friday slash Saturday. Yes. <laughs> As of this recording, there are five episodes. So go check out the adventures of Captain Calamari. Go support Jesse and all the things he does. If you're in the Arizona area, specifically in Tucson, uh, go see him on stage. He is incredible. Oh, yeah. I, He's oh, doing gosh. stuff. Opening weekend for Catch Me If You Can at Arts Express is, oh gosh, this weekend. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a great time jesse is jesse is one of the hardest working creatives that i know and i'm really excited to continue to see him soar much like the crew of the ghost out in the galaxy somewhere and uh luckily for you you don't have to go far far away to continue his (laughs) audio adventures you just got to go to your local uh audio podcast platform Go check him out. Go support all the things he does. We are very excited about Ahsoka, and I cannot wait to see just how much the Rebellion has grown. It started as a small spark and has now grown into a raging fire. And Ahsoka's going to be great, y'all. I'm really excited about it. Oh, it's going to be so good. I'm so excited.
It is now time for the weekly review. This is the segment of our show where I review something weekly. And right now we're reviewing episode number eight of My Adventures with Superman. Man, 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 man. Entitled Zero Day Part One. That's right, folks. We've got a two-parter on our hands. And wow, if they are able to do more of these with season two, I would absolutely love that. Um, I'm a big fan of multi-part episodes just in general because I think it allows you to stretch a story and give it more room to breathe across multiple episodes. And also, you get some prime cliffhanger material, which I absolutely adore. Uh, This episode is bringing all of the pieces that were on the chessboard together. We have our villains, we've got our heroes, and we've got one of my favorite stories that you can tell with a Superman story, which is his his insecurity about being different and being othered. And that's something that has kind of been woven throughout the series so far. But in this episode, boy, howdy, does it come to a head. Uh, This is giving very much uh, Superman smashes the clan with everyone kind of looking at him like he's a terrifying alien when he shows up at the end at the baseball game. Uh, Go read that story if you want more amazing all-ages Superman stories. But, man, this was cool. Uh, We saw that Superman is draining himself, essentially. He is pushing himself past the point of exhaustion to solve every single problem. And that's the whole... I think that's the crux of kind of why uh, Superman is this... Is this character that has to be handled very specifically. Because he is, of course, able to do all of these things, but... You know, mentally, that doesn't matter. Mentally, there is still a point of exhaustion, whether you're there physically or not. Those can be two very different things. And so even though he is peak physical form and he is able to do all the Superman things that he does while still also, like, unlocking new powers as he goes... He still has to deal with the mental and emotional exhaustion of the job that he has, both his day job and his job as Superman. And I loved seeing him kind of getting pushed to the brink and everyone trying to be like, dude, you need like you're okay, like you're going to burn out. And he's like, no, 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 I can do this. I can do this. And first of all, mood, but also like it's cool to see that kind of story told because I don't think immediately that comes to mind when you think of a good Superman story. But also, while all this is going on, the antagonists are getting ready to spring their trap on him. And I am super into this. Uh, I've been really loving the slow ramping up of the general. We know who he is at this point, but they're not going to say it. Uh, we've got Amanda Waller. We've got Deathstroke or Slade or Agent Wilson is what they call him in the show. Uh, we've got Livewire, Silver Banshee. I forget the big dude's name, uh, but we've also got Heatwave, which is Again, super cool. A great kind of uh, redo or redux of that character. And all of them are being loaded into this uh, transport carrier because according to Mist, the Invisible Man, uh, they are being carted off to some black site where they're going to be tortured. And so Superman, while dealing with his exhaustion, is chasing this Invisible Man around 
metropolis and of course getting into hijinks because he has to keep saving this person every time he throws himself in, into the line of fire into danger and at one point smashes right into a truck and i love this uh it's also again giving very uh superman birthright which it's already giving the same vibes as two of my favorite superman stories of all time so you know i was all in on this story i really really love any time that you get to see superman challenged in a way that isn't physical and he is challenged on two fronts here, both with public opinion as well as through the machinations of one Vicky Vale. I loved seeing Vicky Vale, and it's really funny that they get to kind of reverse, uh, you know, put the thing down, flip it, and reverse it with Vicky Vale and Lois Lane. Obviously, Lois came first in the comics, and then Vicky came later, and it's been said previously in different stories how they're either rivals or a mentor-mentee situation so it's really cool seeing that here except flipped on its head where Lois just looks up to Vicky it's like that's her idol and that kind of falling apart with one of your classic don't meet your hero stories uh, it also speaks to the cynicism of Gotham which I'm really excited if we do get to next season or the season after if we do end up seeing like a Gotham or a Batman uh, that would be dope as dope as hell I would love to see that but we get to see these characters really really tested on both Superman with him getting not just the public opinion, but then getting the absolute shit rocked out of him from the assembled uh, anti-Superman league. And then also with Lois and Jimmy being, you know, forced into not just having to deal with this character who they've looked up to and yet is using all of their skills against them, but also uses that to take control of the Daily Planet. Vicky Vale is now the new editor-in-chief, and holy shit, this is all getting all kinds of crazy. I'm assuming this will be undone, if not by next episode, then by the end of the season, but can you imagine if this doesn't get undone and we get the entire second season of just Vicky Vale in charge of the Daily Planet... And they eventually have to go go to Gotham and see what the fuck's going on there. I just, oh, there's so many ways that this could go. Uh, we do see that great fight scene with Superman in the air versus everybody. And their articulated and action figure specific suits. If, look, I am not usually about creating characters or licensing characters or creating shows or films or whatever around characters just so you can make action figures. But the absolute second that a Superman, Lois, Parasite, or Silver Banshee shows up on my store shelves by McFarlane or whoever, I am buying that. I'm buying them. They're just, it's done. That's decided. I i really, really love how distinct everything looks in this show. I always have. You can go back throughout all these weeks where I've been talking about it. And there is something just really exciting about seeing Superman fighting all these characters who are, yes, in very um, coordinated, similar costumes, but you can tell their power sets through the use of action choreography through little touches and accoutrements from just the way that they 
you know, format themselves in the series of attacks. Like, it's just so cool. Great action sequences. One of the best of the series so far. And it ends with Clark getting captured by the general. And I am so stoked to find out what happens next episode. I am trumping at the bit. This is going to be so great. I'll, obviously, I love this show. You know how much I love this show. I've been loving it since day one and i cannot wait to see what happens next or this week this friday oh i'm stoked i'm stoked i'm stoked it's gonna be great but that is gonna do it for this week's weekly review uh tune in next week as we talk about zero day part two but for now let's roll right on into this week's comics countdown Welcome back to this week's Comics Countdown for the week of August 23rd, 2023. This is the segment of our show where I'll chat you up about all the comics you should be picking up this week, whether it's at your local comic book shop, on Comicsology, or however you get your comics. These are the ones I think you should definitely take a look at. But before we get into this week's books, we got to take a look back at last week's books with the Geek Explain Pick of the Week of last week. And it was very tough. We had some big contenders but I did end up settling on World's Finest number 18. I love this book. It's so good. And in a week of being able to just really appreciate my comics, um, this was uh, this was, this was a, a real good book. It just was a real good book. But that's last week. This week, I've got seven books for you to check out, including three brand new number ones. So let's dig into that list. Kick things off with Jean Grey number one. This is written by Louise Simonson with art by Bernard Chang and this is digging into the life of the highest level Omega mutant. Uh, I don't want to give you spoilers to the Hellfire Gala though I feel like everyone knows by now but just in case you don't, interesting timing for this book. Let's dig into the synopsis. After the events of the Hellfire Gala, Jean's life is in shambles. Mutant kind is in dire straits, and there's nothing this founding X-Man can do. She'll have to save herself first. And that means looking into her past for the moment when it all went wrong, in a desperate attempt to save her and all Krakoa's future. Yeah, um, that's a very interesting synopsis, again, considering what happened. I'm going to keep an eye on this one, and I think you should too. The next number one we have is the Penguin number one. The Penguin, the Pengling, the Penguins. Uh, written by Tom King with art by Raphael De La Torre. Uh, we've been waiting for this one for a while. Uh, they, I feel like they announced this a long time ago, and it's taking a while to get out but i'm interested especially with where we left the penguin most recently i'm really curious to see what this book ends up being so let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis revenge is for the birds after retiring to metropolis following his death oswald copplepot finds himself forced back into the unpredictable and violent gotham city underworld as a pawn for the united states intelligence community Gotham's criminal element has been evolving since he was last in the city, and his bastard twin children ruling the Iceberg Lounge. And what of the man he framed for his death? Batman. Is the Penguin walking into a death sentence? Really interesting. Uh, We know at this point with 
uh, Human Target, Gotham City Year One, that Tom King knows how to write some crime thriller. So I'm really excited to see what he comes up with here. And the last number one of this week, well, maybe not the last one, but the last of this little group here, is Realm of X number one. This is written by Tarun Grunbeck with art by Diogenes Neves. I am really, really stoked. This was the Realm, or this was the Fall of X book that I was the most excited about because of not just the creative team, but the actual people on the team. Let's dig into the synopsis so you can see what I'm talking about. Leaping straight from the astonishing events of this year's Hellfire Gala, the unlikely team of Magic, Mirage, Marrow, Dust, and Typhoid Mary find themselves stranded in... Vanaheim? And what's even more confusing, the locals seem to believe that they hold the key to fulfilling a prophecy that can either raise the realm to riches or or cause it to fall to ruin. With magic's powers malfunctioning and a mysterious figure amassing power on the outskirts of the realm, these X-Men are going to have to band together if they want to stay alive long enough to find their way home. I'm really excited about this. This is combining all the great work that Tarun Grunbeck has been doing over in the Thor corner of the... The Thorner, if you will. Uh, Stupid. Uh, Of the Marvel Universe and the really exciting narrative potential coming out of the Hellfire Gala. So I can't wait. I cannot wait to read this. This is going to be awesome. Next up, we have Dark Knights of Steel number 12, going from a beginning to an ending. This is 12 of 12, the final issue in the Dark Knights of Steel series, which I have loved but has been plagued by delays. I feel like we should have wrapped this up last year at some point. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm just remembering it incorrectly, but man, am I excited to finish this off. Really And honestly, I'm really excited to see all of this kind of collected. Uh, I think it's a great story, and I'm excited to see how it reads in a trade format. But without further ado, it's of course written by Tom Taylor with art by Yasmin Putri. Let's dive into this synopsis. The cataclysmic conclusion to the best-selling series is here. The three kingdoms are united for the first time in a generation against a common threat. But can even their combined might prevail? Will a traitor in their midst turn the tide of the final battle, the shocking finale? But is this truly the end? I kind of hope not, because I love this Series. I love this world. I love these versions of these characters. Really excited to see what is going to come out of this. But, of course, the other number one that I'm very excited about, I think that the big three will say books that you should be checking out this week. Obviously, check out them all. But the three big three for me this week are kicking things off Immortal Thor number one. Written by Al Ewing and Mart- art by Martin Cocholo. I believe is how you say that. If not, I apologize. I am really stoked on this. If you couldn't tell from our Days of Thunder series over in the book club last year, I am a big, big fan of Thor. And I have loved almost everything they've done with the character for a good long while. So I'm really excited to see what they do with him here. Uh, You know Al Ewing's cooking with every single thing that he puts out. So I'm excited. Let's dig into the synopsis. In Norse myths, they called him Thunderer. Vur has he been called, and Hrolidi. The gods know him as Asgard's king, keeper of Mjolnir, hero of the tale. 
falls. When injustice grips the earth and ancient powers bring down the sky, he fights for those who cannot. And when the tale is done, we will know what that cost him. This is the story of the immortal Thor. Yeah, yeah, that sounds freaking awesome. Um, I'm wondering, just from the wording of the synopsis, if this is going to be something like a Thor for all ages, like seeing him at different points in history. I think there's there's something that can be played with that, but I'm super stoked for this. The next big book is, of course, Firepower number 26, uh, written by Robert Kirkman, art by Chris Somney. I absolutely love this book, uh, and this is a book that I am 100% picking up purely for the variant cover for this week. Uh, the AHA variant of this is chef's kiss it's so good but i'm really stoked i love this book we are at the beginning of a brand new arc all of the chess pieces are set and now things are going to come with toppling down i'm really excited let's dig into the synopsis i might have gotten my uh, my metaphors crossed there but whatever synopsis time first owen johnson mastered the firepower then it was his kids. Does it run in the family, or can Owen impart his knowledge and train others to use the firepower? Yeah, we got a great cliffhanger last issue, and I'm really excited to find out what that means. But of course, the other big book of the week, the book I think you should absolutely be picking up, is, in a bittersweet way, Captain America Finale. This is written by the hive mind, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, with art by Carmen Carnero. Oh boy, I'm not ready for this one to go. I'm not ready to read this one. This caps off uh, the era of the hive mind and Tochi Onyabuchi. Uh, I am going to miss this era. I loved this from the get. I loved this from the announcement. I have been loving this book, and I'm very sad to see it go. All ups and all props to uh, JMS and Jesus Saez, who I'm sure are going to kill it, but I am really kind of sad that this book isn't getting more time and this era this version of these characters aren't getting more time i will always hold this near and dear to me however the hive mind's doing so much right now um they just recently announced that outsiders book they're still doing guardians they're doing batman neo-gothic there is so much good hive mind stuff going on. They're doing Star Trek. They're doing so much right now that I'm sure having another book on their plate isn't helping, but I'm a little bitter about it. Either way, let's go ahead and dig into the synopsis. Cap's final stand. Captain America takes his final stand against the Outer Circle. Using information gathered from friends on the inside, Steve Rogers sets his sights on releasing the world from the Outer Circle's influence and ending the Century Game for good. This explosive conclusion to the groundbreaking story, I'm jumbling up my words, I'm so, I'm so sad about this, uh, this explosive conclusion to the groundbreaking story of captain america sentinel of liberty is here and you won't want to miss it yeah there's there's so much there's so many plates spinning there are so many things that they have to wrap up with a bow here and i am again really sad about this i can't wait to see how they land this plane but that is going to do it for this week's comics countdown to recap we've got gene gray number one big 
The Penguin number one, Realm of X number one, Dark Knights of Steel number 12, Immortal Thor number one, Firepower number 26, Captain America Finale. So many endings, so many beginnings. The only book that isn't at the beginning or the end of its run is Firepower 26. So I'm going to need you to find the firepower within you to make it all the way to your LCS and pick up some great comics. And that is going to bring us to the wrap-up. If this is your first time joining us on the Geeksplain podcast and you like what I do here, feel free to subscribe to us on the podcasting platform of your choice and give us a rating and review. We drop new episodes every single Wednesday, and honestly, ratings, reviews, and subscriptions really do help me and the podcast out in this weird podcasting algorithm space. Raises up our stock and gets us out and into the orbit of listeners just like you. And if you give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it, I will read your review here live on the podcast you can write literally whatever you want i will be forced to read every single word that you write but as long as you give me those five stars sky's the limit on what you'll be allowed to let me read and you'll be able to join the likes of our terrific 21, including Seafire ND, Joshua Tales to Pixels, Matt Draper, Burrito Man 88, Dub from For Every Kind of Geek, Don Swanson, That Guy Brian, Mouth Dork, Dallas Meeks, Amazing Spider Fan, Alok and AZ, Sass, Jedi Jesse 20, Ken 4656, Director Hall, Mullet Overlord, Invisible Man 11, Ed Likes Things, Clip 326, That Logan, and Ken from Norway. I want to say a huge thank you to these fine folks for their reviews, and I cannot wait to hear yours. If you want to be part of the Geeksplained mailbag, send your emails to geeksplained at gmail.com. Put mailbag in the subject header, and I will read it here on the Wednesday show. If you'd like to keep up to date with the podcast, participate in polls that decide future episodes, maybe you want first notification for announcements that I make for the podcast, or maybe you just want to shoot the shit with me on the latest geeky news, feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod. That's at P-O-D. As I continue to try to figure out Instagram, and as we watch Twitter slowly sink like the Titanic, uh, we're going to figure this out together, but if you want all of those things, that would be the place to get that info. Um, Again, working on it, you're also going to be able to see my sick, absolutely sick uh, thumbnails that I make for these. Uh, I've been getting slowly better at them, and I'm really... I'm really liking the process of making these thumbnails. So if you want to get some great uh, great thumbnail action, that sounds weird. Uh, forget I said that. Uh, just, follow, just follow the podcast. Follow the podcast. That keeps my pod. Uh, finally, this Friday and every single Friday, I, alongside my fellow Flash family, Jacob Brown and Malcolm Russell Nelson, are putting on the Geeksplain Book Club, where currently we're going through every single issue of every single volume of The Flash Rebirth. Last week was ridiculous. Our longest episode, not just in book club history, but in the entire span of the podcast. Over 250 episodes of main podcast, over 100 book club sessions. It's the longest session we ever did at over five hours. And what were we talking about? Heroes in Crisis. Absolutely incredible conversation we had. Uh, It's probably one of my favorite episodes now and one of the episodes that I'm really the most proud of. Uh, Jacob, Malcolm, and I 
put it all on the table talking about one of the most controversial stories that DC has ever put out. So if you're interested and you got five hours to spare, feel free to join in on that. And this Friday, we're back to your regularly scheduled Flash uh, programming with, I believe it's volume 12 entitled The Greatest Trick ever trickster is back in central city and flash is gonna have to fight him but it's not gonna be as straightforward as you think so join us this friday and every friday for the geek explained book club flash fridays are a real thing so be there or be square not a circle but that is going to do it for this week's episode. A huge thank you once again to good brother Jesse for jumping in with me to talk Star Wars Rebels. We're both very excited at the prospect of Ahsoka, if you could not tell. And we both love Rebels. So it was great to be able to bring him back on to talk about the show. I'm really excited, if you couldn't tell, to see what this show ends up being. Again, I still think it could have been animated, but I am really excited to see the the cast, some of which are coming back. Thrawn is played by the same actor, which I'm really excited about. So, all good things. Really excited. And it makes me really excited for other Star Wars uh, Disney Plus offerings, even though we're probably not going to see those for a good long while, because as... Of this recording, Strike is still ongoing. Pay your writers, pay your actors. Everyone deserves to live and be paid a livable wage. Uh, but that is going to do it for this week's episode. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of the Geek Explained Podcast. Same geek time, same geek channel. But for now, for the Geek Explained Podcast, I have been Eric Azana. Thank you so much for listening. Everybody stay safe, especially with all this hurricane nonsense going on. Uh, we didn't get a lot, which is good. Um, but... As I'm recording this, just very heavy rain, some uh, large wind, heavy wind, and uh, some flooding. But doing okay so far, fingers crossed, knock on wood, I guess. Uh, But I hope you all stay safe, and we will see you next time.